Hey guys, and welcome to the Young Minds Podcast. This is your host, Frank Baglisi. I'm with my co-host, Justin Romano. Hey guys. I feel like we need to do more of that, um, just so you guys know. But anyway, today's episode was actually very, very uh, widespread uh, oh, with the literally. topics. <laughs> oh, with the, man. With that the was Michael good. Jackson thing All we talked right. about? Yes, wow. yes. All right, so let's get to the order. So in the beginning, we talked about our first interview as a, a group, a, a couple, as a, Us, a, a duo, a, as a team, as a squad. Yeah. Yeah, it was the first uh, formal interview that we've had, which was really, really cool with a good friend of ours. Yeah. Um, then after that, we went into detail about the Michael Jackson documentary on HBO. Um, Talk about we went, full spread. Yeah, we went deep on that one. Hmm. Um, then after that, we got to the questions portion of the episode, which went really off the rails, which was awesome. Um, so I had one question from a listener. I just recently got into fitness and I've been working out four days a week and need and meal prepping. Sorry. Unfortunately, my girlfriend isn't on the same page and doesn't work out as consistent as she should. Uh, doesn't seem, she doesn't seem interested either. How can I convince her to join me on my journey so we could do this together? Mm-hmm. We, uh, we talked about that. <laughs> Let's oh just my say God, that. Frank. <laughs> no, yeah. No, cause I don't want to give too much away. No, no. So then the second the question, question the second question that went off the rails and I love it. Um, I have to do a presentation in my health class and I get to pick the topic. I figured I should ask you guys what to talk about. And we we went started, all over the place. We started in a place. good place, then totally forgot about the fact that there was a question, but then we went but it off was the all rails. Relevant. It, it was, was all relevant to basically it was kind of like what they should be teaching in health class because they don't we don't think they teach the important things. They don't teach anything. Right? We actually. just learned about AIDS, how to put on a condom, not to flush a condom, and yeah. puberty. Exactly. And that's it. Exactly. And then our conversation spread from nutrition, fitness, religion politics and then went all the way back to the question again yeah but it was very very good and you guys are gonna enjoy this one so uh without further ado enjoy the ride up. hey frank what exactly does it mean to be growth minded well justin i'm glad you asked it's a state of mind where you realize you don't know everything but are open and willing to learn more in order to achieve more and how does one know where to learn these things what if it's false information well, bud, that's why you listen to the Young Minds podcast, where they tackle the most up-to-date and relevant topics with unfiltered discussion aimed at optimizing this video game that we call life. Wow, I'm excited. I think I'm going to go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple, iTunes, and Facebook. <laughs> I don't want to shit on it and ruin it. I was like, maybe we could add something at the other. Oh, I don't know. So, right off the bat, I just want to ask you, uh, just your opinion. You like the shirt? I love the shirt. I wish I bought my own. That's so funny. That's so funny you like this shirt because when I was designing it, you looked over my computer and gave me shit. Yeah, because it looks like the Young and Reckless shirts. Just saying. I don't even know Young and Reckless. Well, clothing. Google it. It's an X through a shirt. You dude. know, drama. And from... I knew you were going to like it. And now you like it. I like the material. You oh. can change the box. Oh, God. But I like it. Thank if you. If I said I hated it, then I'm just shitting yeah. on my own brand. No, right? I just wanted to. Uh... Um. Anyway, Prove talking you about wrong. how we look, I got a haircut. I know the man bun's and it gone. Feels good. And I just sent out an email. To I know <laughs> everyone at Outlift, and it says the guy with the man bun is Frank. And now you come in the day after with no man bun. Yeah, bro, you got to stay elusive. Ooh, what did Jen say? Jen likes it. 
So she's the reason I had a man bun. I had no interest in it whatsoever. I thought it was going to look stupid and I was right. So, <laughs> cause it never really worked. It's just, my hair is too full. Like, I think you just didn't know thin. how to do it. Like you the didn't know hair. How to, like... I just didn't know. Well, the thing is I have shaved sides. So I tried to do a man bun with just the top and I just look like a, I don't know. I look like that. What's it called? The the dude from uh, like a Salt Bay. Italian dude. Like that Salt yeah, Bay. Yeah. Dude. Just like too slick. It was too slick and like it just made me look like I was losing my hair. So now it it's where I was back in the day, bro. Like the 17, 18, 19 year old. That's era. how I used to wear it too. I like it. Until I like it a lot. So because when I put the headphones on, I actually feel the pad on my head. That's why it came to my head. It came to my mind. I was like, yeah, no, that's this is different. And I like it. And it's cooler, like literally cooler. Like the breeze. I feel it. Good. There's less Good. hair. I feel awesome. Dude. Proud of you. Yeah. Proud back of, you. of my head is exposed. It's pretty cool. Nice. Oh, by the way, guys, I know we're recording and it's a Thursday and we were supposed to have one out Tuesday. But why we didn't is because mm-hmm. Frank and I were actually interviewed on another podcast. Wow, dude. On Tuesday. So, we're so cool. Uh, it was really cool. It was definitely a really. I mean, it was great. It was a great experience. Same our first rodeo. Yeah. You know? But it was it was the first time that I had to or we had to. No, you've been on another podcast, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I've been on another podcast. You've been on remotely, one podcast, but it yeah. wasn't like a sit down one like that. Yeah, yeah. But it was cool because we really had to sit down and get. We, had, I'm used to just talking, right? We have what we need to talk about, our questions, and we just talk. But now it was like, hey, I need to think about what my life means and what I went through and compile it into words specifically just to tell my story. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, we, like a spark notes of your life. Yeah. Of like I had to. Yeah. Exactly. Rolling with it and people like knowing that people already know what you've done before. Yeah. Or like here, you're... I know that we're going to do more episodes and more episodes. So I don't have to like pour out my life right away. Yeah. But on that, it was exactly – that's a perfect way to put it, a spark notes of my life real quick. Yeah. because it, it was really neat. It was definitely cool because I'm not – you never usually talk about yourself, right? Like talk about your start to finish. Specifically. So, yeah, and then you have to like dig into memories and you go, holy shit, there's a lot that has gone on and shaped me into who well, I, I am. Well, that Lego story that I told, I did not remember of that until he asked the question and it popped up and I was like, oh, shit, I have a perfect story. Yeah. And it was – yeah. It is a great concept, cool. and I would like to talk about that on here because that is just the idea of it. How so? The story was you see on the box that it said like from eleven oh, to fourteen. Oh, you want me to tell the story? Well, it, I mean, was there much of a story? It was just yeah, kind of no, like it was because when we talked about it on there, it was very short and concise, but the point was great. It was like on yeah. the Lego box. No, let me let me just tell the story. I mean, yeah, go for it. It's a good one. It's yeah. one of my earliest memories of like a good story. So the question was, ooh, what was the question? There we go. He's so like, did you feel story. like? What, I don't know. Oh, what when was, was the question? Was when was the first time you realized that you can do anything you put anything your you put your mind to, to yeah. or you have no limitations, something like that? So when was the first time you realized this? And I started thinking back, and a memory popped up from when I was seven years old. Right, I used to build Legos every day. Legos were my my love. Right, I would build them a set and take it apart right away and throw them all into this big bin that I would just use nonstop just to build anything i would build mazes and put my hamster in it like three-story mazes of like a building dude it was intense legos were my thing and i remember i was seven years old it was either christmas or my birthday and i had got this uh, star wars spaceship like a big one too it was like this big and on the box you know legos it tells you the age limit or the age requirement and it said uh ages 11 to 14 so i was seven and I didn't think anything of it. I just built it and I finished it in like a couple hours. But my parents, I remember them making a big deal. Like, oh my God, look at my son. He built this. It's so cool. Like, 
he's only seven and he made this for 11 14s like and they made a big deal about it i didn't think anything of it and now that steve asked me that question and i thought back i was like you know what that was a point in my life where i wasn't told oh no justin you can't do that that's for 14 year olds like buy this one i was told yeah go ahead do it and i did it and i said i was told wow look at that kid look at what he did and that was one of the first times that it showed okay i can do way more than i think even though as small as it was a little star star wars lego ship yeah but when people create those artificial barriers you're kind of like yeah as a kid you're so influential you just listen to it right away yeah you're like all right well that means i can't do it you pulled up a perfect story with your nieces and the cold weather yeah how there was a limitation set with them right away yeah like my mom would be like you can't go outside it's really really cold and they're like i want to go outside i want to go outside and She'd let them go out there. They'd be having so much fun. They were like pigs rolling in shit. They were having such a good time. I think it's around. mud. I think it's pigs rolling in no, mud. No, they roll in shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and well, they shit in the mud, and it just gets the soup. Okay. But mm-hmm. so they walk. They're walking around outside, just having a good time outside. There's snot dripping from their nose. They're they're all red in the face. But it's like they're having fun. If they're in pain and like they're being frostbitten, they're gonna come inside. They're gonna cry about it. There, there's gonna be an issue. And the misconception is that if you stay outside, you get sick. So it's like we put on these artificial barriers and we say, no, you cannot. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. And when you're a kid, you realize, okay, no, I cannot. Like that's that's yeah. reality. As soon as you're told something, you parents just, you're like, are, oh, you're right. Parents are gods. Like they, they have the ultimate wisdom. So I must do that. Or if you want on the other side, you rebel and then you go totally the other way and then you find yourself in a Rip different off your shirt. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Fuck Bring this it. jacket. I'm going full fledged <laughs> naked. But. You know, you see That's that. What I did. And I never wore a jacket in high school. I, like, I hate jackets. And I remember yeah, my mom was always like, sweatshirt because it was nimble. Like you move my shoulders, yeah. had range of motion. Mom was like, always like, like, you need to wear a jacket. I'm like, what do you mean? I need to wear a jacket. Yeah, I'll just I'm wear fine. two sweatshirts. Like, like I'm, I'm fine, good. mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing shorts in April. That's it. It was like my cutoff yeah, was right. April. I was like, I'm wearing shorts because the second I wear shorts, I was like, this is the time when the sun comes out. I'm you excited know. to wear shorts again. It's getting. Pretty warm, dude. I miss it's my like short 55 shorts. Out now. I miss the, the range garage of motion. door is open. There's a range of motion that you get with shorts. It's just like you can't beat it. You can't. Yeah. 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 But I, I don't know. I enjoyed that shit. But the uh, let's shift gears because you and I went through some semi-traumatic, <laughs> <laughs> semi-traumatic. Uh, what do we call it? That's I don't such even know. a funny I, way of putting it. I, it's it was traumatic it's for true. me. It's true. I like the music, but now I'm kind of like not really a fan. Yeah. So so, so Mike we, told us that Mike, we need yeah. to watch this documentary on Michael Jackson that just came out. It's on HBO, and it's not about his life as an artist. It's about his life as a child molester, and you know him as Michael Jackson. Yeah. Mike told us to watch Michael Jackson. Um, and basically what we did was we, we took it upon ourselves and said, you know what? I feel like watching this. Let's let's put it on. And we didn't really think much of it. I mean, Mike kind of prefaced. He's like, there's a lot of butthole stuff. And I was like, that's weird yeah, like, that that okay, would be in a sure documentary. Thing. But what does that even mean? And there literally is a lot of that in the documentary. So just to uh, not to spoil it for you guys, but I just want to pre- preface it a I don't, little bit. I think it's so intense of a documentary that even if we talk about it it won't be spoiled like yeah. you're still gonna get emotional while watching it yeah it's just to like just to give you a little background i mean obviously we all know michael jackson we all know the the speculation behind what he did or we call it speculation now i kind of feel like there's evidence and proof oh my god like it's just too Endless. much and moral of the story right i just want to wrap it up quick but we'll talk about like the morals because i don't want to spoil it for anyone it just came out but you get the testimony from two kids 
that are now like in their 30s mm-hmm. and they were talking about how they used to interact with Michael Jackson and how they got there you know they started off as kids who just loved his music they loved well, one his kid, art one, they loved one dancing one kid started off in a commercial for Pepsi that Michael was into so they met there yeah and then one kid danced as Michael Jackson because he was really good at dancing yeah and we're talking five years old and the other kid was seven, seven. yeah and basically, so one kid in Australia, like, he got his, his break because he was dancing like Michael and doing all this shit. It was all over the news. Um, yeah, so he, like, won a contest for Michael Jackson tickets, and then they somehow got... Because at the time, I mean, you don't have social media, so, like, if you go into oh, a contest, it, that's, 1987, like, by the way. 1987 yeah, so, to 1990. Yeah, so basically, wins a contest, and they get to meet, and then time goes on, and once they meet, supposedly they hit it off. Michael Jackson and this kid hit well, it off. Well, what's cool is that they also interview the parents, because you see throughout the process of Michael Jackson, like getting to know these people, it's like incremental steps that that in the end lead to the kid being left at their house for like weeks at a time. And yeah, it's, it's like, not just talk. It's not just speculation. You see the videos and the photos of Michael Jackson at these people's houses with the kids over and over again for like a year straight. So basically he'll come in and like, you're just a regular family, right, from Australia, and your kid dances like Michael Jackson and is on the news. Then all of a sudden, Michael Jackson, in the prime of his his uh, career, his career, calls you and says, "Hey guys, uh, come over to my house. Like, let's let's hang out. This is so cool." You are just the parents explain it. They're interviewing. They're like, "You are completely starstruck. You don't even have words." Michael Jackson just invited you to his house, and then when you're there, he treats you like family. He's laughing with you. He's talking like deep emotional conversations with you, telling about his life. And then past that date, they were explaining how Michael just calls them every day, the parents, and gets to know the parents and becomes their best friends. And one even said that he told them like, oh, I'm really lonely. You know, you guys are like my family. And it's one thing for a person to say that. But when someone of your era who is world famous says that to you, Oh, my God. I, I couldn't imagine. Like, I can't even fathom what that would be like. Yeah, especially when you're a fanboy. So, like, the thing is, is it's not weird when you're so infatuated with this one person. And the parents know him, right? They don't necessarily feel like they're fans of him. But the kid is such a fanatic that it's like, you're really going to crush your son's dreams and not let him hang out with Michael Jackson. Bro, it's like, like for, it's me so and you, cool in the beginning. for me and you, it's like if Joe Rogan called us and then he's like, Frank, Justin, come to my house. You guys need to hang out with me. Like, you guys are like family to me. Oh, my God. I'd be like, what? Yeah, like, yeah I'll up. be there tomorrow. Everything's canceled. I have yeah. <laughs> I have a clear agenda. I'm coming to you. I'm doing nothing for the rest like, of my life. Like you're going to pay life. for my flight and my hotel and all my food and everything and limo service and paparazzi and all this stuff's going to be everywhere. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. And we could like perform on stage together. Like yeah. all right, let's do this. So basically Michael would take these families and make them into his family. And one of the moms said, she's like Michael after months because he would do this for so long. She's like, after months, I've considered Michael one of my sons. He would come over and we would just hang out and have dinner and talk. And you see the pictures of him at these people's houses playing on the floor with the kids to back up the, the proof. Like, the, it's the proof. It's, ha- it's happening. Yeah. And then slowly but surely, the kids would say that Michael would be like, oh, let me, 
let me have him for a week and we'll work on his performance. Yeah, because they use that as leverage. They always use the kid's career as leverage. Like, oh, it'll advance his career. And as a parent, I mean, when you know that your kid is so obsessed with that and this is their break, this is their chance, you realize, okay, there's a decision to be made. Do I crush the kid's dreams and potentially risk their future and resent me? Or do I go and I allow this to happen since... Michael Jackson has this halo effect over the over the population, right? So you look at him and you go, I trust him because there's no way he, yeah. he could get away well, with any... he's been family for months now, you know? But the one thing that blows my mind is how the people around him were so... Like, it's almost as if they knew. I mean, they had to have. His and staff, they're coordinated. Right? You're talking about his staff? Yes, because in the beginning, it was like every time Michael would ask them to come on tour, right? They'd go on tour and every hotel that they stayed in, the parents would stay right next door. And then as time went on, the parents would gradually get booked somewhere further and further and further away with some benign excuse. It wouldn't really make much sense. Well, and then yeah. at some point they were so far away and that's when the kids were, st- the kid would stay with Michael in his room and they would get s- placed so far away, the parents, that they wouldn't understand. But like, see, that's what I mean. So Even that away? too was a gradual distancing yeah. that's like one he thing did about everything in progression small little steps and you're hearing the testimony from the kids themselves and they slowly go into the detail like in the beginning it was just like oh i was with michael jackson i was so happy i was so excited i was this i was that we would play we would talk we would this we would that and then it's the further the parents got away from the hotel and the further the parents got away from the, the room that's when things got real and we'll leave the details for you guys to hear and listen. but the details but, are like extremely detailed yeah when, like when the, every word you when don't want to hear kids talk about what michael did to them they use full detail yeah and you're just sitting there watching it frank and i were on this couch in the studio watching it on hbo and just like looking at each other like holy shit this is no way this is insane because it blows my mind so like there's a huge parallel between that and today the way that we view people who are quote-unquote influencers or celebrities and how we put this halo effect on them and they they anything that they say goes and we want to embody what they know and what they 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 uh, endure throughout their life like i want to be that i want to hear what this person which is hard not to because they're publicized in a way that's just perfect you know yeah but like they like, are everything this michael jackson in 1990 was everything yeah because he's great he's everything at you wanted dancing he's great at singing so he must be gentle with my child like the correlation isn't there but we're so infatuated with that person's image and what they perceive to be that we believe that everything that they do is perfect but at the end of the day when you see somebody who's got that much of a has that much concentration of a gift right like so the ability to sing and the ability to dance and the ability to create art it's like they have to be lacking in some other area you can't be that good at something and then be 100 percent well-rounded in everything else or you being good be in art something. and singing and dancing doesn't mean you're a good person That's people will, will mistake that all the time that yeah, is that what you said? You yeah, said like they're different. missing. Well, they're missing a piece, right? So, like, you have all of this going on in one side of your life, your artistic ability. So you almost lose empathy, and you're so sucked out of the real world that you have this like giant vacuum, yeah. which results in bad behavior. Well, you see it all the time in celebrities. They'll be amazing at acting, have amazing movies, and then they do something that's like douchey, and everyone throws hate all over them. But it's like, dude, he doesn't have to be this perfect citizen just because he's a good actor you automatically think he's this perfect person or she's this perfect person, but it's not, it's not the case. Yeah. You know, 
but it, but also like just psychologically who the person is right like you're so involved in your art and your craft and you're kind of in solitude for most of your life there's no way you can't have there's no way you could have that full uh 360 life like where every part of your life is taken care of you have to be like an eight in everything, eight out of 10 in everything. Otherwise, if you're a 10 out of 10, you can't be a 10 out of 10 in everything. So there's some place that you're going to borrow that energy from. And yeah. I feel like socially, he didn't have it there. I don't know what happened to him as a kid. We didn't watch part two. We only watched part one. So I don't know if maybe they go into higher detail about what's going on. But in this, in this one thing that I learned was people have a very short... Um, there's like a confirmation bias when people see somebody who's really, really famous or really, really uh, enlightened, right? They look at them and go, well, that person must be perfect and they must have no threat to me. And whatever they say is legit. Like celebrities who talk about like uh, global warming and they talk about like or fitness the, and health or fit. Yeah, well, like exactly. Like uh, I saw the other day, what's his name had uh, after he won the Super Bowl, um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. He has like a, a fitness thing like a nutrition thing and it's like basically vegan right and it's it's like just because tom brady now has this authority what he says for nutrition must be true and must be top 100 percent. people are probably listening to it like crazy blowing up blowing up making shit tons of money because people feel like hopefully hopefully he had like um, people who are educated in that to make that program for him whatever he has is a program yeah but regardless don't like knowing about nutrition you know that there's not one blanket nutrition plan of course it's like his nutrition plan is this one thing it's not tailored to anybody yeah so it's like his nutrition plan must be the best because he won super bowls it's like the correlation the way that we look at things like we're putting them together and that's just gonna make money and that's it yeah and that's what we see with influencers we see people oh you have 350,000 followers Let's buy the product that you're telling us to buy because that product must be really, really good. That you assume authority when you just see on the outside. That's why I love the podcast. That's why I love. Do you think influencers should be liable? I don't think that they should be liable. No, I think or that people. the I think everybody has their own individual agency. You're allowed to make decisions, and if you're easily influenced, well, that's natural selection. You're <laughs> buying a shitty product. You wasted money. That's your problem. It's like the fire festival. Because oh, people God, were blaming people were blaming the models who promoted it. No, oh, they they have an opportunity. That's how they make their career. They're finding a, there's a when there's a demand and you fill that demand. That's that demand is created from the people who are supplying. Yeah. who are you might be uh, risking your demand. reputation, but if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. So it, what you're saying it's is short lived, but the people who buy into it, you need to be smart as a consumer. Know what you're buying before you just throw your money at an influencer. 100%. And that starts with just educating yourself or going through experiences and, and falling flat on your face. I know I've done that plenty of times. I jumped on the Bitcoin bandwagon. I saw everyone was doing it and I didn't know anything about it. Put a lot of money into it and now I'm still sitting here holding on. It's I know like you, you check it every day. It's so funny. Ch- yeah, check Did it you daily. see uh, up 3%? Yeah. Fuck I'm yeah, like, how is. do you know that? Like, how do you know from yesterday? What do we- well, you're benefiting from it, aren't you? I am. Yeah, like- I bet you are. <laughs> so it's <laughs> just like green. you learn and you start to understand and you realize that you're an idiot when you're an idiot. And if as long as you can face that, you understand it. But these people had to do more than face that. You know, they, they yeah, bent crazy. over backwards for this guy. Let's just put it that way. Literally <laughs> a know? little spreading action. All right. That is crazy. <laughs> That's some crazy stuff. So, yeah, it just, it, it just goes to show, I mean, you really need to do your research and you need to look inward before you look outward for shit. Because if you're not okay and secure in yourself, you're just going to look at authority and try to confirm that they know what you need. And not all, it's not always what, what it seems. Yeah. 
Uh, to continue on the train of, of some crazy news, uh, I heard this, I read this uh, last week, I think, an article I found uh, about the, high, I think I talked to you a little bit about it, the high blood pressure. Yes. Right? So I want to bring that up here because it ties so nicely into fitness and health. And, you know, maybe we can make a couple good points about it. So in the UK, they are currently trying to pass this bill that is going to be passed, apparently, that all high blood pressure drugs are going to be more accessible to um, to a, almost a million more people in the UK because they're lowering the standard it, it takes to get these medicines. Now, there's two sides to this, right? There's the Western medicine side, which is like, good, people need medicine. And there's the other side that's like, okay, you're just masking this problem with medicine and you're not actually treating high blood pressure because high blood pressure can be easily fixed. I mean, obviously there's different scenarios for different people, but a majority of the people can be easily fixed through proper nutrition and physical activity. So this article actually from BBC, they were very neutral with the sides, which I liked a lot. They gave both sides. So one doctor, he actually made the statement. He's like, I'm concerned about this because these the lowering of the standard especially that population could be easily fixed with lifestyle he literally said lifestyle factors such as weight control diet and exercise and i was just like thank you thank you guy yeah and stress management i mean uh, blood pressure goes the whole up. the whole lifestyle change right yeah. your habits that is you have high blood pressure not because you were built that way because of what you're doing some in people your day -to -day. do some but that, people that's what i'm saying do. but the majority of people who would benefit from this lowering of the standard have that because and they wouldn't even benefit they're just gonna get the theater of being prescribed exactly. something and they see so, oh i have something tangible so now. then uh at the bottom of this article they presented another doctor who's on the other spectrum the other side of the spectrum and he goes i quote much lower blood pressure targets are requ required and multiple drugs need to be used right from the start if patients are to achieve the largest reduction in the risks of stroke and heart attack I bet he has lots of bills to pay for his medical school, and he has very high rent. Well, he's probably getting funded by these because he literally is saying, "We need more medication, and you need them right away." Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, "You need to double. Evolved. You need to triple up on medication, not just one pill. Triple up, and then get them right from the start. Otherwise, you have no chance of." And I'm reading this. I'm not even a doctor, nowhere near a doctor. And I know that that's not the case for the majority of people. Sure, there's your couple of outliers, right? Of course. But the majority of people, enough to lower the standards so that a million more people get this pill? No, dude. Like, no. Don't you yeah. see where medicine is bringing us? Like, uh, the amount of antidepressants we're pumping out, the amount of Adderall we're pumping out. Like, it's not going to the people who need it. It's going to the masses. To study for tests. And it's just... It's, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, dude, I completely agree. But the I mean, answer... Yeah, it's just the whole thing is like the answer is not in the medicine for the majority of people. It's in your lifestyle. You know, stop sitting on your ass all day. Move. Literally and, just move. And it is weird because I know we like to always blame big pharma, right? Big pharma. Like it's this one but group of people. Here it is. But it, it's just all individuals taking advantage of the potential markets, right? And then now you as the – again, this all falls back on the consumer, and for me, That's it's true. like the education level of the population is so low that we're able to be preyed upon by these big industries in order to get where they want to get. And we start to just kind of follow in their footsteps. We, we think doctors have this giant uh, authority over our health as if we've been we haven't. 
the problem is if you don't look back far enough in time, then you only think that things were this, this way. Is the way. The industrial way that we live in today was the only way all the time. And you got to realize that people lived very, very wholesome, full, balanced lives without all this chronic illness, without all these weird outlying issues for so fucking long prior to this. And it, when we look at it from... It, when we look at it abstractly, we pull ourselves back and we look at how things have changed. I mean, yeah, we have altered our environment so much to the point where we may need some artificial ways to boost up our health, right? Like, so we've destroyed agriculture. So now we need a way to gain access to organic foods and uh, grass fed beef and because things have changed so much that we now need that that other side of the equation to kind of come back right so we've gone so industrial that we actually have to shift things with force and use technology to try to combat those things and i, I get that right but our lifestyle and the things that we choose to do there's so many options to try to bring yourself back to baseline instead of saying all right well then i need drugs to get back here i need to just ingest a pill i'm going to keep my chronic uh my chronic bad habits that go daily. I have like seven or eight bad habits that I do a day. I'm going to keep those, but I'm going to put in more medication to balance the scale. And then you just basically become a chemistry project throughout your entire life. Yeah. And then you're fulfilling the needs of these companies. But the problem on top of all of this is that it hurts the whole population. It's increasing costs of medical. The cost of medical is going to take down people who are just trying to get by who maybe are healthy or maybe are minimalist in their expenses, right? And then now they have to put, they have to take on this burden, whether it's government issued healthcare or it's independent healthcare. We have to take on the, the payments now because people cannot uh, take care of themselves. Now we need more production of these drugs, more payment of these drugs, right? So now insurances go up and quality of life for people who are trying to just stay on track with their finances goes down because they have to pay for insurance now. I know people who are paying $900 a month to fulfill their health insurance for two people. $900 a month. That's, That's ridiculous. Insane. That's two BMWs a month. <laughs> Like, why the f what are we doing? You know, and that's all because people have chronic health issues, which are all preventable. And we just want to find the quickest medication. Yeah. But you are right. It, it does come down to the consumer and the way that we think. And the way that they're educated. Because we, right now, we've been told, like, technology's good, medication's good. Let's find the fastest working pill. Uh, for example, actually, when I found this article, I found another one that said the United States has uh, released this new antidepressant, and it's a nasal spray. And what's oh, funny is actually when I brought this up to Caitlin, since she's in school in the medical field, she had just spoke about it in one of her classes prior to me finding out. So she already knew about it. And she's like, yeah, it's this new nasal spray. It's an antidepressant. And so usually when you take an antidepressant, it takes two weeks to kick in. So what do we do now? We're like, we need faster, better. So you take this nasal spray and it will help you and boost your mood in 24 hours. So now you're depressed, right? You're depressed because of something happening in life or your habits or whatever. So you just cover it with a nasal spray that works in 24 hours and you're good. And the side effects are really, really bad. They're worse. They're worse than the pills. And actually when you take this nasal spray, it has to be, you have to be in a doctor's office and you can't, you have to be watched for the next two hours because your risks of uh, suicide are really high and you cannot drive. So it's like, Oh, you have depression. Come in take this nasal spray you have to take pills on top of it it's not just the nasal snort or spray whatever you call it it's both yeah <laughs> it's a and snort. then uh you have to be watched for two hours and it's like that's the fix you're depressed there you go everything's fine keep going on your shitty life but snort this up it, it's like you, we're looking for the fastest bullshit when are we gonna learn we're just designed to consume 
But it's it's that simple. We but have we don't no have to be. Ages. You don't we don't have, have to, to be. be. Yeah, it's we just... don't. We definitely don't. But it takes a lot to try to reverse the tide now. What we need to do is start at the grassroots. We need to start at the bottom. And that's with the kids. And that's in classes and in health and in, you know, phys ed, things like that. Those things need to be revamped. But we like pulling funding from school. We do all that shit because we got to make the deficits. We got to do all these different things that don't mean shit to anyone. We're so focused externally and not internally. And, you know, that's just going to be the detriment to our society with everything. We don't have the foresight for the future. We don't look at holistic approaches to anything to try to benefit our future. We're always just trying to put a cap on something and put a, you know, spray something on and wipe it off. Instant mood. And it's funny that you were saying that uh, there's a nasal spray for for, uh, for people for depression because they have this. It's like a Febreze Air Effects for dogs, Adaptil, which is basically it, it puffs in the air in your home. It puffs an antidepressant for... For dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah, you plug it in the wall, you right? plug it in like the wall. Fabri- like Febreze Air Effects. No, I didn't have it, but I, I saw I the commercial. I heard about this. Yeah, so what happens when – yeah, exactly. You watch commercials. And um, I forgot why I was watching commercials. Like I was watching TV for some reason that night. And Adaptil, this stuff, it's an antidepressant for dogs. You can look it up. And it's, it no, blows isn't it like uh, antidepressant. Adderall? No, no, it's an antidepressant. Well, it's an SSRI for a dog, basically. Oh, so it blows it blows it in the air, and the dog just breathe it in, and you're you happen to live in the same home, so I don't know what the fuck's going on with you. You know, you're breathing it in too, and it's for dog anxiety. When you leave your house and you leave your dog in your cage house with artificial light and just nothing to up. do, and every time it does something, you come home and hit it or yell at it, right? And you wonder why the dog has anxiety because your lifestyle, the lifestyle the dog has is not the lifestyle of the that dog. It needs. It's not being taught. It's not being trained in the same world that it was well, you adapted know what? to. My roommate, remember that Doberman, Zeus? I don't. Anthony's dog? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Zeus. Uh, he, the same thing. Anthony is in, is in like medical school right now. So he is gone at all times. My, this is my ex roommate. And his dog was just always in the house and it's a puppy. It's a two-year-old Doberman. The thing had so much energy and because we were just leaving it in the house, leaving it in the house, like it's not my dog. So I couldn't, I wasn't going to rearrange my entire schedule to take care of it. Like we told him not to get a dog that he's not in the right position, but the dog's just constantly caged up, caged up, caged up. And it would, it, to release its energy, it would destroy shit all over the house. Destroy, destroy, destroy. And we, Anthony kept coming home being like, God damn, this dog doesn't learn. Like he's not learning. I'm like, bro, you have to get him outside you have to let him sprint and sure enough every time he would let him outside the dog would sprint like crazy crazy and then nothing would happen the next couple days like he wouldn't tear up anything wouldn't pull the pills off the couch wouldn't shit in the office like nothing would happen he was fine but it's like and so now these people who have dogs with anxiety because they don't do anything with the dog so you're saying they plug in a little thing in the wall and the entire house is puffed with antidepressants. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's it's like a gross. movie. It's gross. It's like it, a futuristic but, movie. And this is the same. It's it, <laughs> This covers the same concept as, I mean, not really, but I'm making a parallel just because for Dude, the sake of it. spraying the whole house with yeah. antidepressants. Everybody's happy. No worry. Yeah, oh, no, no problem here. Lifestyle's <laughs> oh fine. We have technology. That is but absurd. it's like when you give an inch and an inch and an inch over time, everything starts to seem normal. Right. So when you just take an inch or when you just adapt one little thing. And then I'm sure the commercial is like 
very soothing. That, oh, this will help. Too loud. Like, this is not house. bad. This yeah. will help. Everything was fine. Our friends coming over your house. Studies show that ninety nine percent of our dogs are good after this. You know, no harmful it, effects. It was shit. It was absolute shit. Oh, but man. it just goes to show where society is going. We like to put a pill into everyone's mouth. We like to put you know Windex on everything. We like to spray shit. We like to you know whatever it is, whatever chemical we could kind of just mask our our human error or our issues on. We try to create this perfect world. Meanwhile, we're getting so far from perfect. That it's just you know, you know how they we're spray. Not really, um, uh, we're not fixing anything. You know, in Fire Island over here, how once a year they spray the like mosquito stuff. Yeah. And it shuts down Fire Island. Like big trucks come by and sprays. Uh, I don't know about that, but I know that they spray. Oh, so every yeah yeah every year. I don't know what time. I'm assuming during the spring or summer, big trucks come into Fire Island and spray just like massive hoses and rows of trucks. And you're actually Fire Island's like closed down because it gets rid of the mosquitoes. How much you want about one day? They're just gonna be trucks coming down the road, spraying the entire freaking, the entire country for like humans. Of course, like this will help everybody. It's all your vitamins and nutrients. Yeah, <laughs> You're just gonna spray the air with vitamins and nutrients. Yeah, and it's just like with like global warming and everything that we got to deal with with that, where people don't want to believe it. So now California's on fire half the time, half the year, right? And it's like, what happens when? that fire comes rolling in what are you gonna spray on that shit you're fucked we're not thinking in the future we're not thinking about holistically changing our lives maybe day-to-day making new changes and maybe you know reversing what we've what we've already broken you know that happens with lifestyle it happens with the earth everything is being affected by this industrial age we got it so good when we started doing agriculture for a little bit grass-fed beef and then people said "Mm, well corn-fed beef tastes better let's do that and then once they started doing that they go okay well now i can make corn fed beef but i could just lock a million of these fucking animals into a room and they could all just eat well, the i think corn. it's once money started like, that's what i'm saying so industry has been so successful in the beginning and then at some point we're like all right well, we got to cater to all these people that just populated this planet now we have to make money for all these people how do we do that efficiently and effectively and the effect has been an affect it's actually been negative and well at first it was for the positive but then it, it was, got it was a great. point where it was like fuck the positive more efficiency and the cheapest shit will bring us more money. Everything's disposable. Yeah. Everything's disposable. There's chemical everything. Everything's plastic. All the plastic. Well, we don't recycle plastic. We just throw it in the fucking water. It's just, it's getting, it's gross. And we inhabit this planet. It's just a giant sweaty and, gym sock. And to wrap it up, I know it looks like a big picture to change all this, but it's not. If every person, if the consumer, ste- like you said before, looked inside, right? Instead of on the out. And just changed one thing at a time. One thing a month. You so take easy. yourself and change. So easy. One little habit. If Literally think if every single person in the world started bettering a small habit. The, I- immediate change. I can't even express how, how massive of a scale that would be. It'd be. It would change everything. It would change everything. But we're so caught in our ways. We don't care. Oh, not in my lifetime. It's not going to affect me. That's all the shit that we hear. And a lot of people are just so far down the line, uh, their timeline, where stress has just caught up to them so hard that they can't even do that introspection. That is way too big of a task. For them to change their lifestyle now with two kids, they barely make bills and, like, they're fighting amongst themselves inside. Like, there's no way you could just be like, you know what? Today I'm going to make a change and I'm going to start to it, – it's impossible for some people. There and is. They just have to – But it's just you know. really hard. 
really hard at, they, at, they at those can. levels you they definitely can totally can but you they would totally need can. somebody there to be their backbone for a while and that's just not available today we're and here. i don't want to be a cynical we're here call cynical. out yeah right hey <laughs> <laughs> um but soon we will be able to help them yes so we we're have working that on it dropping very soon um so anyway we want to get to the question portion because we do have a couple of questions from the listeners and we got some good ones actually so I'm going to start with mine. Go ahead. Uh, one question that I got, which I found really interesting. Oh, you'll be here? Cool. Yeah. You got some time? A um, couple minutes. So, I just recently got into fitness, and I've been working out four days a week and meal prepping. Unfortunately, my girlfriend isn't on the same page and doesn't work out consistently like I do, and she doesn't seem to be interested in doing so. How can I convince her to join me on my journey so we could do this together? Well, first That's off. That's a tough one. First off. First off, how are you presenting this, right? Like, how is this kid? Yeah, if you're com- if you're going to her and be like, you have to do this, you like have to do virtue this. signaling, like, oh, I'm fit, I feel so good now, and like making it too intense. Because yeah. once you make it too intense, it's too much. Then there becomes this competitive. You almost want to turn your tension. Turn your you want to rebel. Like I feel like she that, wants yeah. to rebel to this now. Yeah. Um. So first off, you got to slow your roll a little bit, right? So the fact that you even asked me this question shows that you're passionate about what you're doing. You might have momentum. Um, you said four days a week. If you just started working out, that might be a lot, but hey, go for it. Um, and meal prepping. So if that means that you're eating out of containers and she doesn't want to eat dinner out of a container or some bland chicken or some shit like that, I could see why she's repelled. But if you got your, you know, if you're making good food, you're making healthy food and you're offering it to her and she's against it, that might be her issue. But I don't necessarily know if that's the case, but I'm going to assume that you are making healthy food and you are exercising and you're not virtue signaling and posturing on her. Now let's look at that. Her own intuition, her own reasons for either not doing it or being intimidated by it, you need to have empathy and understand who she is. Mm -hmm. First off. Second off, if you do give her some time and you keep, you lead by example and you're just doing it right. And it's not cutting into your time with her. Like, so say you're sacrificing time. That's one thing. If you're sacrificing the time that you guys would be together, then that's ridiculous. You know, find a different time to work out or, in, in this case, have her come with you once. And if she doesn't want to go with you at all, I don't know if you're necessarily fit for each other, literally. Yeah. Now, uh-huh. one thing you have to ask yourself, if, if this is the case, if you're so excited about this and you really want to make change and this is something that you need for yourself, make a list of things that are just non-negotiable. Things in your life that when you When looking really, at a partner? Yeah, like when looking at a partner or in your life, like, can I go without this? You know, and if you can't, and this is putting a pressure on your relationship, then that's... That's yeah. something you're going to have to really so, focus for example, on for me and you, I know for a fact, a non-negotiable is you need your time to work out. And if you were in a relationship or if I was in a relationship where when I would go to work out, it would be an issue, that relationship just would not work. Yeah. Like that is a non-negotiable for me. 100%. That's gross. It, it would, I'm almost you know? throwing up thinking about it. Yeah. So if if they're not giving you it, if if this matters to you, right? So let's let's just look at the way that the, the question was worded. Um, how can I convince her to join me on my journey so we can do this together? Well, that seems like you want her to start this journey with you. So if she doesn't want to and you love her for who she is and what she's about, the way that she looks, if she's not unattractive to you, first, you shouldn't be with her. Second off, if you're looking at her and saying, well, there's there's really bad habits that I, I, I fear for her health. And if she's going to, you know, if you're looking really like down if the I road, was with a girl who ate Taco Bell every day. Yeah. And then it it's like, all right, have, well, at some point like, we're going to have kids and a family and we're going to try this longevity thing, like try to live past 50. 
Um, you know, you have to look at those things. And if you're going to be on that health journey, it's a huge difference. Like what we were talking about before, if you just clean your own room versus her not cleaning her room, her mess is going to fall into yours. And, you know, if your life is expected to be this like health ridden and, you know, going out to eat, you want to go to a healthier place. You don't want to go to Taco Bell or Burger King. You might have to make a big decision here and she might not be the girl for you. And, you know, I know this person's relatively young. And, you know, it's a little early to start sacrificing your your growth journey. So if it's not affecting you directly, I wouldn't worry about it. I would just lead by example and continue doing you crush it, look good, feel good. And then if she's like, hey, you know what? I see what you're doing. It looks great. I want to join. But if you're pushing it, yeah, that's where I would not recommend that. that. But what you can do, too, if you really do want to convince her is kind of give her little little things to get involved in the, in, in the industry of fitness, right? So not maybe not telling her, oh, come to the gym with me, let's work out. And by the way, if you do do that, if you bring it to the gym, just know that you do not do your workout. Yeah, don't, like, yeah, don't train her. And don't train it. her in the way that you work out. Make sure you like make it fun for her. Got to leave the ego at even home. even two people like me and you, we're both guys, same body type, but I like we wouldn't work out together the same. Yeah. You know, so even if I brought you to the gym, it wouldn't be fun for you to do my workout. So when you bring her to the gym, you want that time to be fun. So just know that you're going to be sacrificing what you would have usually done that day. That's huge. And then little things you can do is like get her to follow some really cool girl in the fitness industry that she like really likes. Or you show her some content or some article and it, it leads her to follow someone in the industry, right? Because then you're kind of like just trickling fitness into because maybe I don't know about that. I mean, no, I don't know because that might get annoying. That might no, but you have to her. do it in a way that's like, you know, it's like, oh, a way hey, that's look at beneficial. what I found, you know, and she might just be like, no, fuck off. They have to, it's just like, we had the question before, like, how do I convince a family member to get into fitness or how do I convince them to get healthy? And it was like, yeah, but it's, it wouldn't be so direct, bro. It would be like, for example, me, I'd be like, uh, if I was dating someone who's French, I'd be like, oh, look at this person I found you on social media. You were doing so good. No, shut up. Listen, <laughs> I'd be like, look at this person on social media. Like they're French, just like you and. Like, look at the things they say. Like, I love it so much. It's so funny. Or look at this funny thing. But, you know, they're involved in fitness. It's a reach. Okay, Frank? It's a it's reach. A fucking stretch, But it's, what I mean bro. is like, no, it's not. Little things like Basketball that. Like, maybe b- buy her a water bottle. And that's it. Don't say anything. Be like, you know, look at this really cool water bottle I got you. It's yeah. a Yeti. Everyone loves uh, Yeti. If it's a Yeti, then everything changes, so I'm saying, bro. Like, yeah, definitely. You know, little subtle hips. But what you said by leading by example. I just feel like that that's would be a big one. the one thing to do if it doesn't bother you that much that they're not working out. If you really, and I know you're young, so like, I just know you have maturing to do. Um, sorry, but you do. <laughs> I mean, I, I, when I was 17 versus the way I am now, there's some cringe worthy shit that I was doing and the way that I was preaching fitness, I was excited. I felt the need for this. I needed to blast people with my enthusiasm. And I was just like, Hey, the fitness is so good. I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's like, you can't tell somebody how amazing it is. You just have to be amazing like be the guy be what you think that that person would love to be and just do it don't be such a surrogate for it just be yourself show her the light show her the light of fitness yeah but show her without shoving her yeah without shoving it in her face yeah like walk the path flash the flashlight on the path don't flash it in her eyes you know there you go there we go all righty so with that just take away don't push her show her through your own actions don't request it and if she ever wants to go with you to the gym and wants to give it a shot, 
then do something but cater it to her don't do something that you're gonna do at the gym because first off you're since you're so excited it's gonna impede it's gonna impede on your workout and you're gonna get frustrated don't get frustrated that is the most important moment of your relationship right there if you do not deliver you're screwed and if you aren't that great at teaching somebody fitness then you probably don't understand it enough yourself and i think you need to slow your roll and not be such a surrogate for fitness and just learn it on your own and own it and then once you could own it then i think people will follow 100 percent. on to my question what are you there i need i need a drink oh, oh I, was I was waiting I didn't for a take response a i, I was waiting for a, a response for that one and you just kind of looked away and i was like whoa <laughs> i've been restricting my breathing i don't know what's going on <laughs> maybe because you've been farting so much yeah that has to do with breathing Oh, true. Okay, got it. Okay, everybody, here's the next question. <laughs> so I got um, I have to do a presentation in my health class, and I get to pick the. Ooh, that was a weird pee. Oh, did you hear it? That was like loud in my headphones because they're noise canceling. I have to do a presentation in my health class, and I get to pick the topic. I figured I should ask you guys what to talk about. You remember health class? I do. Unfortunately, I do remember health class. Dude, I remember but do you how remember, useless it do was. Do you remember the first health class? Like, ele- did you? Do you remember your elementary school one? You had a you had a health class in Dude, elementary. Listen to this. I didn't have shit. I had one classroom. My in elementary. My no, we had one classroom too. Oh, so they just but they we had like a gears. this teacher came in and talked about. Uh, hold on. So it was um, middle school was six, seven, eight for me. Same. That's same for you. Okay. Yeah. So my last year in elementary school, fifth grade. We, dude, they split us up. They split up the boys and the girls. So the boys went in to this classroom where this teacher who had come in to talk specifically about health. And to the boys, she talked about penises and erections, right, in fifth grade. And then split us up and the girls talked about boobs and bras and puberty. Oh, the guys too, like puberty and what's going to happen and uh, like vaginas and everything. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's so funny that they split us up because it's like, ooh, we can't teach the guys about boobs. Yeah, no. Like they definitely not. No, no, no. That's not gonna happen. But it dude, that was it's my first health appreciation, class. Uh appropriation. Yeah. But it's like you should, because they're gonna find out. Like find out this taboo thing that you just made it taboo. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. They're kind of setting themselves up for the rebellion. Yep. And I think she brought in a condom. Isn't that weird for fifth grade? So fifth grade, you should not be talking about. Oh, maybe, this shit in maybe grade. not. Dude, I think you're. I think you're bullshit. I'm not. I'm I'm, I might be bullshit, bullshit about the condom, but everything else was true. She drew a flaccid penis on the board. I remember, bro. We were giggling like crazy. I think we this were happened dying. in sixth grade for me. Like in fifth grade, about to enter sixth. Maybe. I remember the even the room I we went into. Think. Oh, I knew it. Frank's knew microphone it. is down. Dude, you have no luck. No, because I kicked it before. Do you want to just fix it? Or do you want to pause it again? Uh, you could talk about it. I'm going to just do this real quick. <laughs> oh, man. You have to use glue like mine. Mine's glued in, dude. I think we're good. All right. Yeah, it's got to be good. Okay. So, yeah, that was health, That was my first health class. But then, obviously, high school is a lot different. Do you remember what they taught you in high school? High school was, was great. It was eye-opening that they didn't understand shit about us. Um, so, you realize that now. Yeah, because most of my class, most of the uh, the shit we learned in health class, like 
we always anticipated like, oh, they're gonna, when are they going to talk about dicks and vaginas? When is it going to happen? <laughs> like that was always like the the anticipated thing. But uh, they always, they never talked about the things that mattered. It was always AIDS. Was um, a bit, eight, yeah, I it was always AIDS STDs. Or STDs. Yeah, it was always was STDs, which matters. I think that matters. That should be part of it, right? Of course. But oh man, what what was it that we shit? I don't remember specific things. I remember just like all of the shit that I anticipated. So like when they talked about sex and when they talked about like oh oral sex, you could contract herpes, you could do that. Like it was all honestly. STDs. I think it was revolved all around STDs and sex. I, th- I really think it was. I don't remember learning anything about nutrition at all. Anything about the human body and anything about fitness, exercise, nothing about technology or lifestyle or habits or really everything that encompasses health. Right? Yeah, no, I had nothing. To I don't do with remember health. learning no. any of those. It was sexual health, if that. That's all I remember. So I remember. Okay, so the things I do remember that were sex related because there were a lot, right? So we all learned about the vagina. We all learned about the penis. We all learned about breasts, and we all learned about like hair Pregnancy, is going to grow, right. and like oh yeah, yeah hair. and girls are going to get their periods, shit like that. And we understood that, and it was like um, shedding of the lining, all that's like that's how mm-hmm. we kind of we went through it. It was shared. It wasn't uh, they weren't separated. But the one thing that one of my teachers, well, the one teacher I was talking to uh, that was talking to us said, um, don't like t- discarding your condoms if you don't want your parents to oh, know. Yeah. And I was like, OK, at the time it felt taboo. And then she goes, don't flush it down the toilet, because if you flush it, it could potentially grab air and create a bubble and then clog the toilet. And then they'll find out because they have to get a plumber in and that'll be embarrassing. That's a good tip, like, though. Okay. That's a really good tip, I, I got to say. It's like, a good tip, but it's like we're making sex taboo. We're making it seem like they're not doing it. We're but, making it seem like we it have is to a sneak good it. tip. Like you should it is never a good do tip, that. but the fact that that's the one thing I remember, it's, it's sad. <laughs> and, the, and then there was also uh, don't put two condoms on. Yeah, because that friction. creates friction. Yep. I was yep, like, yep. Okay, I get that. Like, thanks. Thank you. I don't think I would do that. It just never seemed like a, an idea. Um, luckily, we were in that class before I ever had any experiences. Um, But other than that, man, I didn't learn shit. I knew that we didn't learn what we needed to. So this brings up the question, just like you said, like what should have we learned in health class? I think for the, for the guy asking this question, one of the things would be something that you should have learned in health class. Like don't pick an STD and talk about it. Yeah. I really think man, like my number one, my number one issue with people today in their education is that we don't, look at ourselves as animals we need to view ourselves as a species we are not separate of the animal kingdom we are not detached we just happen to put walls up we know how to do that you know ants also create walls they are also affected by their external environment they just don't have uh, yeah. opposable no we thumbs. like to look at what humans are like the past hundred years yeah like anything else before that it's like that's not even that's not us that's so yeah, old. Like that never happened. Us. Yeah. No, we're totally different than them. Bullshit. Yeah. So we definitely. The same so, thing. so something we should have learned in health class is like our evolution, right? Like where we came from, what is natural for a human, and maybe you know how far we've come from that, and the good parts of how far we've come from that. Like the we don't uh, get outbreaks of diseases anymore. We kind of have that under control a lot more yeah. than we used to, and then also like the bad parts of the way we've evolved. You know, we're super stationary when we were made to move and that's causing issues. We were made to wake up and sleep with the sun and now we're just in artificial everything. Technology, the goods and the bads. I like, think this that's is all, a huge Because this is all encompassed in health. It's not just, yeah. oh, technology is tech, you'll learn that in whatever class. Yeah. Like it's, it's nowadays in today's health class that should be talked about because it is affecting our health. Yeah, and I think medit- so like 
if you look at evolution, right, you want to look at everything that we've gone through, all the stresses that have carved out our specific DNA setup, right? Over the past 20,000 years, at least 30,000 years, we've been this species that we are now. And, you know, our gut has been passed down from our parents. Our DNA has been passed down from generations to generations, right? And we're still in the same context. We're in a different context, but we are the same thing. We are the same being. So what we need to do is relate everything that we do day to day to how things were naturally. And then from there, try to bridge the gap and utilize technology to our advantage and somehow create the curriculum. Um, spoiler alert, we're doing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so just keep your eye out. We're going to have seminars um, in high school. Yeah, high schools. It, yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be so much fun. It, it'll happen. It'll definitely happen. Yeah. We're creating the curriculum now. So it's this. we're kind of spoiling it. But anyway, so what... What you really need to focus on is like, all right, hydration. We are made up of 60% water, right? So to stay hydrated, if kids want to perform in school, they need two things. They need sleep and they need some sort of nutrition or hygiene. Dude, I was never taught that water is the most important thing. The amount of diet Snapple I drank as a kid, oh, and I was breaking school records in track and field. Can you imagine what would happen if I knew about nutrition and knew about water? Like just water. I would bring in You're every day. diet? Just Snapple, some kind of Snapple, oh, okay. Arizona iced teas. Remember how many oh, of those you used to drink? Dude, Come on. Sweet tea. Yes. Arizona iced my, tea. My, the my mango. Shit. Mango madness was my uh, That was my friend favorite. Jay. My friend Jay. Favorite. Every time I was a mango you. madness. Oh, man. Every time so, I smoked, you get mango but I was, madness. But I was beating all these school records in track, but it's, and, and every day I would have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with like fake bread, fake peanut butter, fake jelly, Pringles, uh, bars. I would just bring mad bars because I'm like, the school lunch never f- fulfilled me. So I would have a bag every day and stick it in my locker on a hook up top and there would just be snacks. And every time in between periods, I would have literally, there's what, eight periods? I would have one okay. snack for each individual, uh, you know, two minute, three minute hallway break. I would reach in, grab whatever snack I wanted. Oh, you know what I was eat, used to eat all the time? The peaches in the juice, like the cut up peaches. Oh, the dole? Yes. Like, oh, bro, at my locker, bro. I would just rip it back and just... Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I love that. That is straight fake food. It's oh, high fructose. It's like a sugar syrup. Yeah. Just cut up peaches. Dude, and this is what I was eating trying to be an athlete. Oh, no. So it's like I was never taught that that this stuff is bad. So it's like what could I have been? You know, how it's, much better could I have been it's if I knew about water? Just water. And exactly, right? So like my point before, right? If we just focused on getting X amount of water in our diet, and I think it would, may have been glossed over in some sort of class, right? Like, oh, you should drink water. And then also look at the food pyramid that has carbs as priority number one. Like then they went over to that. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. What does that I mean? remember the food pyramid. But, um, but that's kind of all that. Yeah, that was another thing. But they that was another about. big problem. Pyramid. Think about the old school food pr- pyramid. The bottom being the most important was the carbohydrates so it was like breads pastas and uh wheat they were saying wheat and barley and like all these different denominations would you rice put, would you put fats or vegetables at the bottom i would put vegetables at the bottom yeah and then Definitely. fats right on top fats on top and then protein, protein. and then fruits and, and then carbs. the carbs and then the sweets. It was like fats. So it went from the bottom that the hierarchy, like the most important was carbohydrates. Then the next yep. one was vegetables. And then it was fruit, which was the next. And then it was meats. And, and then uh, fats, right? Meats and like eggs or milk, some shit. Dairy, dairy. Milk, eggs, and dairy. That was uh, yeah. milk, eggs, and fucking steak or whatever. They had like a beef. I remember those beef and like milk, chicken. Milk, eggs, fucking steak. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had uh, shit. There was another. There were two. Fats. 
there were I don't no, know. but it was fats, oils, and sweets were the top. So well, let's go back. Let me pull it up on the Shoot TV Google. for you. Shoot a Google real quick. So the bottom was carbohydrates, then it was uh, vegetables, and then it was uh, fruit, and then oh, they shared it up top. That's why. Ah, so it was dairy. No, nah, it's not the old school brown, dude. This is not. No, 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 no. That's okay. Old the one on the, the right, new? I like the new. Okay, so the old had. Uh, had all the carbs at the bottom. Then it had fruits and vegetables together. Then dairy. Then it was dairy Dairy products. over protein. And then the protein. And then on top of that was oils. And they have like your bottled fats. oil. And that oil That's is your like, fats. Yeah. They have butter, and mayonnaise, then they have like canola oil. <laughs> yeah, and it, then sweets at the top. But see, the problem with that is it didn't teach you the food groups. Like what they really should be teaching you in, in health class. Like I was trying to get to before. Let me just complete that point if people are still waiting for it. Um, hydration and sleep are two of the most important things that if for a kid, the capacity of a kid to learn that, I think those are the two things that a kid can do, right? Bring a water bottle to class, drink water, get used to it. It has no flavor. Shut your mouth. It doesn't have to taste good. Like that was one thing that like my friends were like, it just doesn't taste good. I don't but like there's so water. many things you could do to it naturally to make it taste good. It is lemon and lemon, salt. It's lime, a wrap. Uh, um, but then that and just sleep, sleeping like today, it's almost impossible. The kids are leaving school and not only are they sedentary now, now Video they're games. going straight to the screen, whatever screen it is. You want to watch something, you want to play something, you want to stalk someone, you want to talk to someone that's all on a screen. And what does that do? It continues your circadian rhythm. It's going to increase anxiety. And this is why kids are going on these SSRIs. They're committing suicide at such high rates because they're jealous and they're overstimulated. It's like. We're clearly this is all stuff to be talked about in health class. It's, it should totally be. It should be the only thing that they talk about in school at this point. Because we're learning through YouTube now. We're not learning in your stupid fucking math class. We're not learning in geometry, really. Does anyone give a flying fuck about You're geometry? You're actually so right. It's You're un- so right. It's That's so weird. It's so scary. It's scary, man. Because all the kids that are on YouTube, they're learning how to skateboard. Like, they want to skateboard, they're going to learn how to skateboard on YouTube. They want to dance, they're going to learn how to dance on there. You know, they want to mingle with their friends. They're not going to do it in between classes but, but or at even, lunch. Even, like, tech stuff. If you want to learn tech, you go on YouTube and you learn. Hell yeah, dude. Like, how do you think I learned everything? We everything I know about Photoshop, Lightroom, the podcast, all these tech things, coding, building websites. I did zero schooling. I learned all from YouTube. Unreal. And You're I'm actually like, right. That's that's kind of weird to think it, of. It's scary. Because we're just I feel like kids to... should just be taught what not to do with the luxuries that they have. It's that easy. And how to do normal to life it. things. Well, like yeah. when, you know home ec? They got rid of that. That was the best. Dude, You, I learned how to sew, which sounds stupid, but like no, it's, it's awesome. kind of a thing. Like, like we still wear clothing. I, yeah. If you had a you sewing kit and you rip something, like I'm going to go I sew I still sew stuff to this day. I sew I better than I do, like, and I'm not gonna make fun of you. I just don't. No, I sew. I sew when like my mom does, and I'm just like, oh, I got it, and I make the loop, I tie it, it's perfect, and I'm just like, dee, dee, dee. <laughs> and it's, it's fun. It's, it's meditative. Yeah, that's another just, thing. It's doing a task that doesn't involve touching a screen. Yeah, and that's one thing. Kids have so much energy, right? So we always move. Think about this. I just kind of thought about it now, right? Like kids are so susceptible to technology because their attention span is so open it's actually bigger than adults like it's larger than adults they are so interested like my nieces when they go outside they'll look at like a a wood chip on the on the bricks and be like that's an inconsistency in the pattern that i see let me go touch it pick it up maybe taste it throw it do whatever they're doing a whole imagination just around what do i see and then it's like now you have a screen that literally has infinite possibilities behind it and you go uh i'm gonna stop this to go to bed to go look at my eyelids and there's also no imagination going on on the screen Whatever they play is what you see and it's what you take. 
Mm-hmm. And then with analytics, it's actually going to subjectify their interest into this one narrow corner, and it's going to keep them in this echo chamber. And that's how you get these like little um, social justice warrior kids who think that they know the world, but all they've been watching are, are videos on like animal cruelty and like Ethiopia and like the lack of economic growth. And they're like, there's so much pain around the world. Everything's bad. I hate capital. I hate the world. Like, oh, no, we're so bad. It's like then you have a cynical outlook because you're stuck in this tornado of shit. Do you think teaching all this in schools would not happen because someone would politicize it? Uh, one more time. Do you think everything we're saying that should be taught in school uh-huh. or the way it should go would never be changed to that because someone would politicize it and be First like, that's problem. not the way. First problem, we use the E word, evolution. That scares a lot of people who hide behind a cross. I just, I'm going to be outright with it. A lot of people believe that we were not monkeys at a time. They think that we are humans and we are divine. I, th- I don't know. I think people have Huge. accepted it. Nope. Uh, More than ever, and it's growing. I feel like even religious people accept the fact that we were once monkeys. Yes, but they still have that back and forth with their brain where they can't completely fall into the fact that we are subject to external influence, right? We are subject to our environment. We There is no there's nothing watching us and saying hey look oh danger move him out of the way no you're 100 percent responsible that's bullshit 9-11 happened there were many people were innocent maybe all of them were innocent people they were killed from somebody else's religious belief which god is correct like let's fucking cut this shit now let's focus on evolution let's focus on what's real because it can't be disproven it's only being proven more there's more and more artifacts that are su- supporting the claim let's fucking teach it let's make the world a better place and if you care and if you think that there's this whole spirit thing that's actually guarding guiding you you can but don't let it affect what's real that's the one thing that's where i have a fucking problem yeah i think the majority of people accept the fact that we're the evolutionary story right and then i do think that religion listen i'm not religious at all right at all and i know you're not either far from but i do think some religion could be good in the sense of like you look up to something that is higher than you. You don't think that you're the end. You think that there's something more. Just the thought... They're mutually exclusive. Yeah. They they don't need to be... Just the thought of, like, there is a greater power than me, I think is beneficial. Because then it almost gives you something to live for, something to work harder for. 100%. But I don't think it's a man in the But it shouldn't be... Yeah, it shouldn't be to the point where you are not friendly with your neighbor because they don't have that same higher power as you. And, and you're, you're doing your religion a disservice by that yeah. directly. And that's where the ignorance comes in. That's where our primitive monkey brains subjectify our thoughts to think that we are always correct. And that is a big part of the problem. So do you think that should be taught in health class? Like, just No, I don't think that you should take away religion. I think no, you should not take, take away, away just... the whole doctrine of religion, the way that it's it's written in the Bible and all the specific rules, where it's like, oh no, let's uh, edit that. We have a new one now. It's like, no, no, just how about we teach morality? How about we teach ethics? How about we teach treat your others the way others like to be treated? Like I'm an atheist doing my best, Jesus. Right? Like I'm, I do love what they teach about Jesus. I love it. I think it's such a great um, characterization of the of a great human. But I don't believe that there was any of that shit that happened. Nothing 
like that happen. No Adam and Eve. Like I don't believe in that, but I do believe what they teach about what the Jesus higher moral, did. Right? I love that. Moral. I love the concept. Treat your neighbor the way that you want to be treated. Give the shirt off your back. Like help the people around you. Reciprocity. They're karma i don't believe is like this physical thing but i believe that karma works in such a way like the butterfly effect when you put more positive out more positive will come in it comes in through technicality yeah. but it doesn't just have this like purple mist that goes through the air and says oh karma's here for well, you well they like, figured out they kind of like scientifically did karma and what it is is when you do positive things you're already in the positive mindset so you're easily uh receptible to a positive thing that happens and then <laughs> Did I say that? But that butcher it. You put know. two words together. It was cool. I like it. Receptible. I'm, I like it. I like it. That's not a word. No, you're susceptible or receptive. Oh, wow. put, it was cool though because it's like it is those two though. So I. So I'm, anyway, I'm when it. you do positive things, like you're in it. a positive mindset and you're more susceptible to see something positive happening, and you go, "Oh shit! Look, the karma." Like, yeah, exactly. But cause it's because you're happy, so you see happy. Same thing if you're in a negative mind state. Someone does one little thing, and you're like, "God damn it! Like that was negative, and I, I do feel it negative all and, the time." All the time. Like when I'm in a shitty mood, I could tell that I'm not giving my extra, giving my all, doing more. I know it. I know that's happening. I don't believe that there's a spirit and a this. No, I'm like neurochemically deficient. <laughs> I feel it. I know what's going on. Let me somehow get back into that. Yep. You know, it doesn't um, disprove morality. To continue going with this question. Wow, health class. Yeah, we, dude, we went. I don't even know where that went. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, another thing, we didn't even say nutrition yet, right? Wow. We kind of talked about know. the food pyramid, but where are we? <laughs> they should talk more about, or maybe this could be a topic that uh, the kid classic. uses. Talk more about uh, nutrition and how it fuels us. And I think so, but uh, hear me out, right? It's, Kids are getting their driver's license. They want. I think everybody should experience. As a kid, they should all experience the whole Taco Bell shitty food. Thing. Yes, but, but that, they should be taught what a macronutrient, a micronutrient. Uh, hydration, minerals. I think they should be taught that and told, hey, look, if you want to go eat shitty, like when you tell yeah, yeah, my the, 16 yeah, and 17 exactly year old what stuff, it is. I like, know, but the way that it's educated. I know. But don't the tell way them don't do it. Just educate them on what this will do and what that will do. Gotcha. Yeah. Because like a meal plan is almost impossible for a kid. Because if you just follow. let them go, right, you're seeing what happens with the kids who are our age and yeah. turning into adults. They haven't learned anything yet. There's no outlet to learn anything. Yeah. You're not going to be an adult who's an accountant oh. and all of a sudden take a health class. Fuck you. Um, damn, let's just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's microphone oh has fallen God. again. It's got a mind of its own. Um, but one thing that they did talk about in health class that we forgot to talk about was drugs. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about oh, that. Oh, heavy on drugs. Like heavy on drugs. They, they were talking about like meth and they were talking about heroin. heroin. And they talked about all like weed. those. They talked about weed too. All those bad boys. Uh, they talked about weed. I don't know why. You know what's funny though? No, when I they know. talked about it, all they did instead of educate was scare. Exactly. They used the scare tactics. So <laughs> this is so funny. If you're watching YouTube, this is this is a good this is a good part to look at. That's great. This is pretty funny. Just keep talking, Justin. Just let them know what I'm doing. <laughs> Just trying uh, to tighten no, my but, shit here. Hold on. But they they use scare tactics to, in air quotes, teach us about drugs. Which really all that does is it. Well, it's a it challenge. It's a, it's a challenge. <laughs> I mean, like, definitely I can't not. Smoke I didn't. How many blunts in a day? I didn't go out there and do meth or heroin, but no. But it's weed definitely was not. like, wait, he's not dead. He's smiling and he wants food. Oh, such a mis oh, misconstruction. How bad? How bad would would that possibly be? But with everything um, else, I think it would be so much better to educate us on. Hey, this is heroin. This is why it's addictive. This is what it does. This is why people feel good on it. Like you can say that. You can mm -hmm. say people feel good on heroin. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. That doesn't mean your entire classroom is going to go and do heroin the next day. Because if you actually educate them on the benefits of how you feel, but why it's not good to do, 
specifically, dude, yeah. no one's going to do it. Yeah. Like I know the I know what heroin does, right? Because I'm, I'm educated in it. If it became legal tomorrow, you will not find me doing it. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because it's legal, I'm not going to do it. But that's the thing, right? So when you're not taught anything and you just know that it's illegal and then it becomes legal, you're oh, there's a window of opportunity here. Okay, I see. So it wasn't that bad. And, like, that's all you have to base it on, right? So if you don't teach, like, just the rough science, rough, very small, very, very basic science, like – you know, if you were to do heroin, it starts first off, you don't just do heroin, you start off with pills and they come from your doctor, your doctor is prescribing them at this rate, right? And you're supposed to take them very low and very little doses in the beginning to mediate mitigate pain, right? And then as it progresses, it does give a euphoric feeling that's because you went too much and it works on chemicals in your brain, those chemicals in your brain are very, um, in, they're in very short supply and a lot of the times if we keep taking these substances it's going to build up and build up and build up and then we're not going to be able to produce those on our own so the more that you do it the more you're going to have this giant uh relapse and what we like to do is to instead of that we actually focus on being fit and then give them the psychology behind it in a very short quick understandable manner you know like give every single day like give heroin a full day give weed a whole day give alcohol a full day and like really engulf people in it you know they gave us beer goggles and it was fun yeah. i was like this is stupid and, they, like, didn't, and they didn't explain to us like alcohol the benefits like why it de-stresses people and makes them feel good i don't mean benefits like actual yeah, health like, benefits no, i mean the, the positives and why people drink alcohol yeah like the draws right yeah they never explain like listen it will calm you down it will get like you'll feel more loose but there's a certain threshold and with alcohol being legal they should totally tell us that and be like, you're going to have to judge how much is too much and know where to stay in the limits because it could be a fun thing that you are going to use. I mean, you're talking to 17 and 18 year olds. They're probably drinking yeah. already. Exactly. But once they're 21 and it's legal, they should know that there is a fun limit. Right. And there's there's a there's also a limit on doing it every single weekend. Like you should know these things, but it shouldn't be taboo. Exactly. And what's the so, uh, I was trying to I'm sure you saw I was trying to Google. I saw heroin. Um, did we talk about where heroin was legal on the podcast or just in person? I know we talked we about We didn't it. talk about where it was legal. No, I don't think so. So it's either, I forgot where, but it's either Sweden or the Netherlands or um, what was the other one? Scotland. It was either one of those three. But so listen to this. Heroin is legal there. Completely legal. But the only way for you to do it legally. So it, it's, it's illegal to do it on your own. Right. But if you are addicted to heroin, you go into this practice specifically for heroin, this doctor's office, you can get injected by a doctor. They will they actually don't do it for you. They watch you. They give you clean needles, perfectly clean heroin. It's not laced with anything. Perfectly clean. Perfectly clean heroin, not laced. The they give heroin. you all the equipment to do it. You do it right there with the doctor watching. And then if you do that, you get it for free. But then you have to be enrolled as soon as I saw it, you get the, there's like tables and you inject and then you go right over to a therapist's office and you talk to the therapist and then you have a nutritionist and you have a class. So you, so the, basically the thing is it's illegal to do it on your own, but you can get it for free. And if you go and do it, they will give it to you as long as you take all the steps and go through all their classes, basically just educating you on what you're doing and how it's working and then giving you the tools to get out of it. And I feel that like that's amazing. The bro. So here, here's – I have the problem and then I have the solution of how that could happen in the U.S., right? So Well, they already tried and it got shut down quick in California. It's way too much. There's way too many people addicted, right? But the 
it, in California, it might work. My plan might work. I don't know if this is necessarily oh, you have eco- a plan plan? economically viable. You have a plan but yes, plan? right? So you have people who are heavily addicted to opiates, right? So that's really heroin is an opiate and your oxycodones, oxycotons, like all that. There's a whole spectrum here. Fentanyl, all that work on the same mechanisms in the brain. They all are part of that spectrum, right? So if you have everybody who in America who is addicted and we have that system, that would cost us so much money. Now, granted, it would cost us a little bit little bit more than just jailing them right so like there's some money right there factor, so don't jail them right so now we save a little bit of money there but what we should do is take marijuana sales which should be federally legal take the revenue from that to then help supply the the income for those pla- those pra- those clinics that you're describing to then help the heroin addicts so that we could try to cycle them into the weed industry which will then become bigger which is and inevitable think about how much that would clean up the streets it would crush it would oh crush my God. it would absolutely crush and it shouldn't even just be heroin it should be any addictive pro- any addictive substance that you have a problem with and you're you want help but you don't have the income or you don't have the ability to get yourself up and out of there you know like if you're scared of getting jailed then go into one of those clinics and help yourself a lot of people they want help but they don't know how to ask people they feel weird well they're completely addicted they can't do anything about it but they you are held by that drug but not too many people want to be addicted there are some people who are a little ignorant they're just like fuck it man this is what that's not the majority but that's nowhere near the majority a lot of them are sad and completely shot like they're just scared to even live another day because they're like i gotta get my fix i gotta make money for it and it just sucks Right. So if you go into a place where it's free, it's clean and you know you're not going to overdose and you know that you have a possible light at the end of the tunnel. Why not? And if that could be fueled by another similar uh, solution instead of opiates, it could be cannabis, which helps with the same types of ailments. Right. So it's like better. You're recycling. I mean, yeah, I mean, let's spoiler alert. Another (laughs) Kratom would be the best thing for an opioid addiction. Yeah, it would be phenomenal. Right, so it's a like a kratom clinic attached to the end. Wow, bro, let's let's uh, we're gonna wrap up this podcast. We're gonna start a kratom clinic. See ya. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, it's basically but, what we're doing. Not nah, yeah, right. And another one. Spoiler another, alert. Yeah, right. We got a couple of uh, projects actually. No, but it's pipeline. such a it's such a taboo idea for people to think about. Like, make heroin legal? What are you talking about? But no, it. it I feel like it's the only way to get out of it. So. It's the only way to get out of that hole. I feel like making heroin legal would only be good if we had something subsidized that could teach you about that type of addiction and that type of substance. Yeah, yeah, legal in that sense with the the right now. Yeah, so right now a lot of people have the correlation between legal and safe, and that's the problem, right? So all the legal drugs that get you into heroin, like oxycodone, oxycontin, and how easy it is to get uh, your hands on those. That is what's fueling the heroin epidemic because people aren't taught that, you know, you take a couple to feel better and to alleviate pain, you're actually going to have a huge problem on your hands. And potentially, if you're susceptible to addiction, I mean, you're absolutely fucked. And if you live in a toxic environment, you might be like, oh, this is the escape I've always wanted. I feel so much better on this. And then that's where the, the, you know, the downward spiral begins. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And I think... um, was was fitness like physical activity talked about in health? If Not it really, was, right? it wasn't compelling. It you was. Know, if it was, was it even talked about in gym class? No, but one thing that I think that they should do is give you hacks for the classroom, right? And then the the classroom should be kind of 
uh, all educated on this as well so that the teachers are all in the same network, right? So it'd be like, oh, in the middle of each class, I want you to get up and do five squats after yes. every 30 yes, minutes. that's what I thought you like, meant. That'd or be pretty bands. cool. Imagine everyone had bands and came out and did some uh, yeah, some uh, shoulder, shoulder retractions. Yeah, huge life. Yeah, right? <laughs> to keep your upward Everyone your stood up and cross. did shoulder retractions. Dude, oh my God. There's just so many little hacks that are cheap and they're fun. And it progresses you in, in like learning too. Yeah, it increases blood, blood flow. flow, which increases blood flow in the brain, and you're you're more uh, susceptible. Re- no, receptive. Receptive. Damn. Receptive. We'll have to we'll have to buy a dictionary for this yeah. place. Well, I'll sit down and just go through an English dictionary. Yeah. Because if it was a French one, there I would know go. all the words. There's the second one of the episode. <laughs> tally, tally it up. I know, dude. We don't have enough space. No, but for real. Um, so now I, I I guess that answers his question. Pick so one yeah, of those let's, topics. Let's Yeah. So let's pick one of the top. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll so, let, him, let him pick one of the topics. So let's give him some topics to then choose from. So one would be meditation. Meditation. The power of your mind being with you at all times you know it's the thing that makes your decisions the thing that reacts to scenarios might as well get a wrangle or a a nice hold on that get a good grip on that that part of your body then get a grip on your actual body right get it moving so fitness meditation water sleep screen time Technology, right? Yeah, like techno- how to manage those things, managing screen time. Managing In a health-focused way. Yes, and then using kind of what you uh, what you could research. I don't know what kind of project he's doing, but, you know, um, using your research to support why those things are so important and to emphasize how they could be implemented in school. I'm guessing that was the question. Yeah, yeah. But um, so how – yeah, so how health class could – can teach you that, right? So you kind of have to make up his – he has to make up his own little curriculum, I guess, for his project. Well, no, no, no. We just started talking about that. Oh yeah, he just we needs got to, so he deep just needs to present. <laughs> he just needs to present a topic about uh, health. Got it. So uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So talk about screen time. I think that'll Any, blow people's minds. Pick anything we talked about. I think it was pretty well. Yeah, if they haven't caught up yet, like the curriculum, I think screen time is probably the best one out of all those. And then Definitely. tie that into meditation, so that you could like decrease screen time and increase mindfulness but as a kid again like you couldn't get me to fucking meditate dude there's just no chance bro you know what i want to do i would have never meditated if i reach out to my high school's principal and ask if you and i could have a meeting with uh the health teachers just to ask what they teach nowadays because i mean it's been a just to ask yes just to ask like hey what what is i'm curious no 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 no, i don't (laughs) i just want to you know reach out and kind of ask like what are you guys teaching nowadays? We're curious. We have a fi- uh, fitness and health podcast, you know, with a decent sized audience. And we kind of went over this topic. Just explain to them the whole thing and kind of get, because I'm sure the curriculum is different. You oh, know, yeah. we're talking from 2010. Or let's just get them on. Well, well first step is uh, meeting with them. Because <laughs> the cur- 2010 to 2019, I'm sure they have to be talking about technology, hopefully. I hope so. You know? <laughs> really but let's, so let's try and find out. Let's kids. try and do that. That'd be really cool. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah. Well, uh, with that, guys, we've, we've approached the... the f- the hour and 15 mark all righty guys well we thank you so much um if you haven't already please go into itunes or facebook and please send us a like on facebook or send us five stars on itunes we'd really appreciate that and if you have another 15 seconds just write a message tell us how you feel about the podcast tell us how you what things that you enjoy about the podcast what things don't you like about it's a little button let us know it's a little button in the apple podcast app that says write a review it's right under Go the stars. You'll it. see it. Type away. We appreciate you guys. Thank you again for listening and tune in on, I don't know, whenever we're ready to do another podcast. That would be Tuesday. We have the Bitch. News 12 girl coming on. News 12 girl. She has a name. 
Antoinette. Antoinette Biordi. You know it's a very French name, right? Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving! No!